You're listening to Lessons from the Boardroom, a business podcast with Kevin Minton, CEO of Chief Executive Boards. Hey, I'm Kevin Minton, and welcome to our podcast. We're excited about hosting our guest today, who's been working for over 35 years in the field of automating the delivery of enterprise content and virtual reality training. My guest is Tim Allen, whom I've gotten to know the last couple of years as part of our Chief Executive Boards organization in Detroit, Michigan. Tim is the CEO of Oberon Technologies, which is a company that operates very successfully with over 90% virtual employees in 33 states and an executive staff spread over five states. I'm really excited and looking forward to our conversation where we'll be sharing Tim's journey to success along with some of the lessons that he's learned along the way. Please join me in welcoming our guest, Tim Allen. Tim, it's a pleasure to be with you and welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Tim, just so our listeners can get to know a bit about you, I'd like to ask you, uh, just please take a moment and share a little personal background about yourself before we get started discussing your career. Okay. So um, I'm married to my wife, Robin. Uh, We've been together for 25 years now. And uh, I've got a son and he lives in Virginia. He's 30 years old. So the uh, that's my personal background, and then my kind of business background is I started out as a electrician at the shipyard and as a nuclear electrician, and then got into the software business. And since then, I've been working as a CEO of Oberon since 2006, and that's kind of my current history. Well, let's talk a little bit about your career here at Oberon. Tell us about your business and what do you do? So actually what we do is we help companies implement systems to create, manage, and deliver all of their enterprise content. We support them with systems for print delivery, web delivery, uh, heads-up displays, video, and we just got into extended reality, which is both the virtual, augmented, and uh, mixed realities. We have three focus areas that we have within the company. Um, Content management systems is one focus area. Uh, Marketing, we actually don't, we're not a marketing firm, but we actually implement the systems that help people with marketing, like websites and those types of things and video production and all of that. And then the extended reality is the third kind of focus area that we have. So Tim, how in the world did you get involved in a business like this? (laughs) Well, it started back in my career at Newport News Shipbuilding. Um, I got involved in a project with the Department of Defense where they were digitizing all of the Seawolf submarine content. We were using a product called Arbortex to help digitize all of that information. The reason they were digitizing the information was to reduce the weight on board. It's amazing how much weight a documentation creates. And so they were trying to get all of that computerized. And this was in the early 90s. So I got involved you know, before HTML and the web was, was big. So that kind of gave me a foothold into this area of the business and taught me the skills. And after that project was complete, I actually went to work for Arbortext. And there, the CEO kind of took me under his wing and he mentored me and one of his requirements of mentoring me was to make me go through each of the departments within the company. So in the 12 years that I was with Arbitex, I worked in every 
department at least once uh, in every department within the company. And that kind of gave me a really good background about how the business operated and, and every aspect of the business. And then in 2005, we were acquired by PTC. And uh, when we were acquired by PTC, I was responsible for developing partnerships uh, to implement the Arbitex product line. Uh, the problem was at the time, the Arbitex had done all of their services themselves, so they didn't really have a partner infrastructure. And we were kind of challenged because there weren't a lot of companies that uh, had the skill sets to actually implement the product. So I offered up to uh, my manager that, you know, would they be interested in me kind of spinning off my own company and uh, becoming kind of the first PTC partner that would implement the Arbitex uh, product line? And so they, you know, over some discussion, they finally agreed that that would be a good idea. And so we got started as initially as a PTC partner, and that's when I started Oberon. Um, I knew my skill sets, um, so I partnered with kind of our top sales guy uh, within the Arbortex products. And so that's when we started Oberon Technologies, and he did the sales and I did the implementations to start, but we've since expanded to multiple uh, other partnerships, and we've actually gotten into actually acquiring other businesses as well. So we've grown the company with, uh, with no seed money or um, any investment. So we're self-sufficient and we've been that way since 2006. I believe you just uh, brought in another company here recently, didn't you? Yeah, we actually acquired two companies. One was uh, the Titania company, uh, which was a software company for the delivery, uh, product delivery uh, systems that they set up. And then we acquired a company called Prototype Advertising, and that's where we got the marketing side, as well as they were involved in the uh, extended reality aspect. So we just, and we did that right at the kind of the heart of the COVID-19 issue. Um, so that was kind of a somewhat of a challenge, but we closed on the 15th of February, uh, both of those acquisitions. Well, Tim, I know that uh, you've been involved in the spin-up of uh, Oberon uh, throughout the year for several years now, and you've had several acquisitions, you know, some acquisitions, and you've made some different moves to grow the company. Uh, but along the way, surely you faced some challenges. And so I'm going to ask you, what's the biggest challenge that you have faced to date in running Oberon? Well, probably the biggest challenge that I've had to date, of course, has been the, the COVID-19 downturn. Um, you know, so that one's kind of one everybody's facing right at the moment. Kind of prior to that, I think my biggest challenge that um, other than the COVID-19 was I understood how businesses worked as, you know, working through all of the um, various departments within Arbortex. I understood, you know, how everything was managed. What I wasn't really prepared for was having to be a psychologist as a CEO and the human factor of, you know, dealing with all the different personalities, you know, when you're only um, responsible for your own actions, uh, that's one thing when you're responsible for all of your employees and, you know, their, their different um, 
personalities and how everything works. That's probably was my biggest challenge prior to COVID-19. So really learning how to deal and manage and handle uh, employees as you were growing the company uh, was, was your biggest challenge, you would say? Yeah, yeah. I would say it was the biggest one that I wasn't, I wasn't fully prepared for. Uh, I felt like I was pretty much prepared for most of the other challenges that we had. So tell me more, Tim. How did you work through that? How did you overcome that situation? Well, for, for all of them, I found that communication is kind of the big, uh, is the, is the biggest way to improve and make sure that everyone is on the same page. And if you're, if you're having issues or anything like that, it's, it's really keeping those communication challenges open and setting the, um, the proper expectations for people and letting them know what those expectations are and, and keeping them informed at, you know, on a very regular basis has been kind of the big key to me being successful with that. And what did you do? What, what kind of channels did you open up for that communication, Tim? Tell me again, let's dive a little deeper into that. So we had some unique challenges uh, in that our company, and this was, you know, in 2006, there wasn't a lot of, there weren't a lot of companies that were uh, virtual. So we, we had a lot of, all of our employees uh, work virtually. So they work via uh, home offices. And so we had an additional challenge of the communication of not just being able to be in the office and discuss things and everything. So really making sure that we opened up those channels and making sure that we communicated on an individual basis as well as on a group basis. So we put a lot of tools in place so that we had the uh, capabilities to interact seamlessly. Uh, Most people are now aware of those with the COVID-19 of things like Zoom and we had Trello boards and uh, chat services. So we leveraged those when they were, you know, in their infancy. You know, now everybody's kind of faced with having to deal with that. But but at the time, it was kind of a unique challenge. But I think, you know, just being able to stay on top of both cross-company communication as well as communicating on an individual basis and making sure that I spent that time and effort to uh, keep those communication channels open. So it sounds, Tim, like going into the COVID situation, you guys were already a virtual operation. Uh, You already had your tools and your systems and your cadence and so forth for communications in place. What was the challenge that the COVID situation uh, placed upon you? What has that done as far as what kind of hurdles have you faced in that arena? So even though we were we were a virtual uh, company, we still had the challenge of I had the two acquisitions and the employees within the acquisitions, of course, weren't uh, virtual at the time. We had to quickly I mean, we were we were better positioned than most companies because we actually had the systems in place to support virtualization. We actually had to implement those. It was really good for the assimilation to the company. I think that had we not had the COVID, one of the the good points was that it forced us to do that virtualization more quickly than we had actually planned to do. So everybody got more assimilated into how we do things. But we also, you know, another challenge that occurred with COVID-19, of course, was just the downturn 
in business. Um, all the businesses started uh, kind of holding money, uh, even though they, you know, had the money. Uh, they put projects on hold. Uh, they, you know, budgets were pushed out. So we had we had that uh, economic issue as well to deal with. And fortunately, because we had been very somewhat conservative in our being fiscally responsible, we had saved uh, a lot of cash. Now, of course, the acquisition kind of drained that down at the very time that we needed the cash. So we had we had some some cash challenges having just completed the acquisition and having you know put out uh, considerable expense for that at the same time as COVID hitting. So we really had to manage cash carefully, and we took a kind of a furlough approach with our employees. Again, I think communication was key in that situation because we talked with employees. We basically, you know, presented the situation that we had. We discussed, you know, layoffs versus, you know, and saving some people versus, you know, just taking it across the board. and you know, at both an executive level and we allowed the employees to be part of the decision, we, everyone decided and agreed to a furlough of, of two days a week during the, that period. And that allowed us to conserve that cash to remain viable during that downturn. So now that you've, now that you've kind of undergone this situation and are, are you starting to see uh, some positive momentum uh, back in your business again? Yeah, yeah. There's, um, we never really lost any projects. Uh, everything got put on hold more than it, uh, you know, than we than we lost projects. And now that you know people are starting to realize, you know, we've got to live with this situation and we've got to kind of move on regardless um, and figure out a way to move on. People have started reengaging in those projects, and because we've done. We do virtualization. A lot of companies are now dependent on that for the future because they're, you know, they don't know how long this is going to last, how long separation is going to be required. Our business is actually starting to, um, we're getting a boost from that as well because people are starting to say, you know, they need to have alternative ways of of training, of just communicating across um, the company and those types of things. So. Yeah, we see a, a a real positive upswing in potential future customers, as well as most of the existing customers have started to re-engage. We still yeah. got a few that are delayed, but you know, for the most part, they're moving forward. I have to believe this will create some real opportunity for you, Tim. And now that you have, uh, say, about six months into the COVID situation. What would you change? What would you do differently? Or what have you what have you taken away from this experience? Well, the biggest takeaway take was, you know, is setting up, uh, setting expectations properly. Um, remember a quote that said, happiness is when reality meets or exceeds expectations. So if you set those expectations properly, then people even in these, you know, in these downtimes, uh, you know, seem to, you know, be supportive and, and, and cooperative. Um, and everybody's, you know, involved, you know, I mean, if I had truly hindsight, I would be, I would have delayed the acquisitions, uh, 
only because, you know, but there's no way to have foreseen that. And again, I think, you know, the, there's not a lot that I would have changed as to how we've reacted. I think we, um, we reacted as well as we could. And, um, we took, you know, we took everybody's input in, in how to react, um, which I think was also critical because at the time it looked pretty bleak. Um, when, I mean, we literally, uh, closed on the February 15th and, you know, everything about the, uh, so everything, you know, even the acquisitions were, were dated the 16th. Um, and, um, so we were like one day behind what all of the, um, when you got like the PPP and all of those kinds of things, the cutoff date was February 15th. So we had a lot of challenges, but we worked through all of those and I, I wouldn't change a lot, uh, you know, other than, like I said, if I truly had a hundred percent hindsight. Yeah. A little, a little hindsight. Uh, you, you, you made the acquisition at just the, the, the perfect time of going into a, a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest anybody, anybody else trying to do that. It's not, it's, it was some sleepless nights as to, you know, like, cause we just flushed all of our cash out of our company and everything. And then all of a sudden, all we needed was cash. And so it was a challenge. Well, Tim, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're working your way through that situation. And it sounds like you're going to come out a stronger company on the other side. So Tim, what's been your biggest success that you have encountered with Oberon Technologies? I think surviving the COVID-19 downturn has been uh, the biggest success. The, it helped us in uh, expediting the uh, assimilation. And I think that that was actually a positive um, that came out of it. We kind of turned uh, lemons into lemonade uh, with the situation that we were, uh, that we were dealing with. And, and it, it brought everybody kind of closer together more quickly because we were all having to work together to, you know, for the survival of the company during that period of time. So, you know, typically with acquisitions, there's the, there's an us and them kind of a feeling, you know, this threw us into a situation where we had to engage with them just as much as ourselves to, to get solutions and everybody was working toward that common goal. So I think it actually, strengthen the company, as you said, uh, and I think we're in much better position because of it. So, Tim, had you not encountered the COVID situation, what do you think that would have looked like? What do you think that situation would have looked like on the outcome uh, had you not gone through this, through this little valley? So if, if we hadn't, I think that it would have taken a lot longer to assimilate the, the other companies into our company we would have kind of, you know, been more relaxed in that approach, which I think would have kind of been a negative because I think that's one of the keys when you actually acquire a company is to really get them assimilated into your culture and everything. And I think this expedited is, I think that that would have taken a lot longer, um, you know, because everybody was in a kind of a survival mode at the time, you know, everybody jumped in. So it helped you know, it helped uh, bring everybody together. There's nothing like a common enemy to, you know, bring everybody together. And COVID-19 was definitely an enemy to have to battle. So 
I think that was, you know, that would have taken much longer had we had we not had that situation. It's amazing what can get accomplished under a little pressure and a sense of urgency. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With a burning platform. So, Tim, what is it that you believe makes some people successful while other people struggle? I think it I think it comes down to that survivorship kind of uh, feeling of, you know, you're either a victim or you're a survivor. And those that are survivors kind of focus on the solution rather than the impact of the problem. And I think the other big key for us is, you know, you can't do this alone. So, I, you know, it takes and leveraging um, others to get ideas because no one person has all of the ideas. And if you try to just dictate what's going to happen and everything, I think that, you know, you get it, you get a narrower focus. Uh, one of the things that I think that really helped us and made us successful in this was getting everybody's input. I mean, we got ideas all the way down to the, you know, to the lowest level employee coming up with ideas as to, you know, what we could potentially do to help, you know, survive in this situation and getting that, you know, kind of cross functional idea set really helped us, you know, make good decisions and kind of put everything on the board that we wouldn't have thought of if we just kept it at the executive level or, you know, even if, or if I had just tried to come up with solutions on my own. Well, it sounds like you have a tremendous team that's fully engaged in the process and uh, certainly on board with trying to navigate the the rocky roads and the and and the rough seas and waters that have been associated with the challenges and and everybody's pulling together. Tim touched on it a little bit earlier, I think, uh, with with the conversation, but I, I just want to get a little further input from you on now that we're starting to see possibly the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, what is it that makes you optimistic about the future of Oberon? I mean, for me, I, it's just the resiliency of the people that we have. Um, the, you know, I think we've got a good, a really good executive team, a good set of employees. And I think that, you know, I think that, that this was actually a bonding experience in that, you know, I mean, even with the, um, you know, with all of the employees. So, um, you know, there's nothing like, you know, kind of working together through a, a challenging time that really brings everybody together. And it, and it shows, you know, those that can and those that can't, um, you know, I, I mean, I won't say it was everybody because we actually did release two people during this time, but we released them just because we realized that they didn't fit the culture. You know, it's it's knowing who who has your back and knowing, you know, who you can depend on and how you can depend on them and all of that, that I think that I really feel like, you know, we now have that group and um, that moving forward that, you know, whatever challenge, other challenges come up uh, for us in the future, I think we can, you know, we can always overcome those challenges. Um, and, and as a company, I think we're constantly having to reinvent ourselves um, you know, just to stay relevant and all. And, you know, a company that is adaptable and people that, you know, can think out of the box, uh, I think are critical to, you know, keeping that company, you know, alive well into the future um, because, you know, everything becomes stale at some point. So I think that, you know, I feel confident now that I have the team that, 
you know, is capable of doing that. And I'm confident with them. And I think they're confident, you know, with myself and the executive team that we can do that. There's nothing like going through a ditch or a hurdle or an obstacle or a challenge <laughs> like that to you closer together, especially if you can do it with a client. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you can solidify some great bonds uh, and relationships with clients if you can go through that kind of a situation. Uh, but it sounds like, Tim, that you have really uh, just uh, melded a good team together uh, and and worked your way through the challenges, the obstacles, uh, and even calling this a success uh, to come out on the other side. And you've learned a few things along the way. Uh, and so, Tim, uh, it's, it's just been a real pleasure having you on the podcast with us today, sharing your story uh, about you know, how you've developed Oberon, how you've grown it, how you've gone through the challenges and the successes uh, with this company. So uh, we're, we're, we're about out of time, Tim, and I want to wrap this up. So I want to ask you, okay. where can people go to uh, learn more about you and, and connect with you and learn more about Oberon? Okay. So uh, the company, they can uh, visit our website, which is oberontech.com, which is O-B-E-R-O-N-T-E-C-H.com. And for me personally, um, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, my email is tallen uh, at oberontech.com. And we're on all of the various, we have Facebook pages under the Oberon and all of those. So any, you know, anyone can go to those locations to find out more about our company and about myself. Well, Tim, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, it's been a real pleasure having you as a guest on our show. Our guest today has been Tim Allen, the owner and CEO of Oberon Technologies. And uh, Tim, I hope we can get you back on another show down the road. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. The Lessons from the Boardroom podcast is sponsored by Chief Executive Boards. It's lonely at the top, but that doesn't mean you need to go it alone. We've got your back. At Chief Executive Boards, you have access to business best practices, insights, and resources that can help you eliminate the stress, anxiety, and pitfalls of running a business. Whenever you're ready, here's how we can help. Number one, get a copy of Kevin's book, In Search of Balance, The Business Owner's Guide to Building a Business and a Life, at chiefexecutiveboards.com book. Number two, attend a Chief Executive Boards event in your area to find out if CEBI can help you. For a list of upcoming events in your area, go to chiefexecutiveboards.com slash events or call 864-527-5917.